Dallas, Texas. I am currently in Dallas with Valerie. We just got back from seeing Tool at American Airlines Center, which is where the Mavericks play. It was a pretty cool experience. So I have on my bucket list of songs a list of songs that artists that I love never play. And I honestly find it really annoying. The great philosopher Jacqueline Sun once said, you're never above playing your bangers. I completely agree with that. I feel like artists should play their bangers. So on my list of songs that I've never heard from people I like, I would say number one is probably Miami to Atlanta by Eric Pritz. Also on this list is Disposable Heroes by Metallica. Would fucking love to hear that song. Definitely Prison Sex by Tool. I also probably would put Saint Anger on there by Metallica. But anyways, so the number two song on my list forever has been Schism by Tool. And for whatever reason, they do not play this song. Interestingly enough, they played it tonight, which was awesome. So we're sitting there and Tool has a very strict no filming policy. They have security guards constantly walking around during their show. And if they see you with your phone out, you get kicked out of the venue. But what they do do is for the last song of their sets, they let you take out your phone and film. And so they're playing for almost two hours. It's crazy. The energy is great. We actually had eighth row tickets. So we were center stage, eighth row. So even I could very clearly see the band. Also, shout out to Danny Carey, drummer for Tool, for hooking us up with these tickets. That was super nice of you. And this was a great memory that I got to share with Valerie. So thank you so much for hooking us up with such great tickets. A funny side note is we sit down and it turned out that basically everyone in our row was friends with the band. I guess like the band reserved like a row or two. And so when they wanted to give out tickets, they would just do that. So we actually sat next to this guy who grew up with Danny Carey. And this guy's older brother taught Danny Carey how to play drums. So yeah, he said like when Danny Carey was like nine, his older brother was 11 and was just getting into drums and like taught him and Danny Carey how to play. That was so cool. So we were chatting him up, got to hear a lot of stories about, you know, I guess like even as like a 12 or 13 year old, he was doing like crazy shit on the drums, like different timings, really interesting, unique fills, stuff like that. So yeah, it was really cool to hear that even at such an early age, having only played drums for two or three years, he was like such a prodigy. So definitely made me respect Danny Carey and his craft more. So we're sitting there, one song left. They do the whole like, all right, security, please stand down, let them film. And they break in to schism. You hear those first couple chords and you're like, oh my God, I'm in for a ride. This is going to be so lit. It was great. Also, amazingly enough, it 100% lived up to the hype. It was as cool and as intense and just overwhelmingly amazing as I thought it would be. So it's like 2 a.m. now, so I'm going to go to sleep because I'm tired. So, yeah, on to the next thing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. You just heard my initial reaction from hearing Schism. Pretty great, pretty great experience. Overall, Dallas was a lot of fun. I got to spend some time with Valerie. We went to see Tool. 
We also had a really fun night with this guy who produces Kratom for us. So for my Kratom company, one of our suppliers is in Dallas, and he basically takes the raw leaf and synthesizes it into a concentrate, and then we get the concentrate and do our magic and make it better. But it was a really fun time. I was only there for two days, but it definitely felt like much longer. So shout out Valerie. As we record this, it is the morning of February 11th, which is the morning of the Super Bowl. We're going to have a little shindig. I might set up the mics. We'll see. I'm not sure about that. But I think it's going to be a pretty fun time. I think the other thing that will be pretty cool is if the Niners do win, the mission, which is where I live, is going to be off the hook. I remember being in the mission when the Giants won the World Series, and it was so much fun. They basically close off Mission Street and Valencia Street for eight blocks, and it's basically like a half-mile-long party where everyone's drinking, everyone's yelling, everyone's happy. It's just, in general, a really interesting experience to be in a huge group of people where everyone is super happy. It's like a lot of good energy being put out in the universe. So hopefully the Niners win, and we can do that. I've had some really good conversations lately. I recorded a podcast with Mir, Mir is the founder of Wicked Grounds, which is kind of the number one kink community platform. Definitely in San Francisco, but actually probably in the world. She probably has the biggest mailing list in the world of kinksters. So we talked a little bit about what it's like running a kink website, kind of her experience, and it was overall a really great conversation. I also had a conversation with Megan. Megan is a girl I dated when I was 20, and she happened to be in the Bay Area, so we caught up. That was a pretty heavy conversation, but I think overall we're going to have some great conversations coming up down the pike, which is great. I took kind of a break from recording, so other than the life updates, I really haven't recorded a podcast so far this year. So January and early Feb was me releasing everything that I had recorded previously. And so, yeah, I kind of got like the backlog all figured out. There's one more episode that is in my backlog, but I'm waiting on approval to release it, but that's also edited and ready to go. So you know, hopefully this person gives me the green light to release soon because that was also a really cool conversation. I've been really focused on this idea lately of using low margin price cutting tactics for good. And so what I mean by this is the general way that price cutting works is you come on the market with a similar product to everyone else. This really only works if it's a commoditized product. And then you slash your prices, which means you get a lot more business, which then eventually puts other people out of business because they can't compete with your lower prices for that long. And then once enough competition is out of the business, then you can increase your prices again. So that's kind of the shitty way to do it. What I've been thinking about is basically locking in profit margin to be like 15% and then giving the rest of it to the employees. And so specifically, the place that I've been thinking about this a lot is with anestheticians, people that do like facials or microneedling or haircuts, that whole genre of people. I feel like there is so much brand loyalty when you find someone who's really good, you kind of stick with them forever. In the Bay Area, there's this place called Skin Spirit, which I think is probably on the upper end of reputation and quality. And so I've been going to Skin Spirit for a bit now, and the girl that does my facials is super talented. I was talking to her about the economics of how it works, and I was actually pretty surprised that the actual people performing the services there don't get a significant cut of the revenue. Most of it goes to the company. And so my thought was, 
okay, if I'm the company, instead of me taking 60, 70% of the revenue, what if I basically just took like a 15% profit margin? So I'll still take 60, 70% and I'll operate the business. And then if it's profitable, I take my 15% and the rest of it gets redistributed to the people. And the path I've been going down with this is what would happen? So how do I actually do this? And I think the way that I actually do this is I don't spend money on marketing. I think of it similar to like in the phone space, Mint Mobile and I think it's US Mobile, but let's take Mint Mobile as an example. So Mint Mobile is a cell phone carrier, but they don't actually own any of their own towers. They specifically only use T-Mobile. So if you have a Mint Mobile plan, you are basically getting the exact same experience T-Mobile gets. And the reason why Mint Mobile is a lot cheaper is because they are online only. They have no stores, they have no salespeople, and so there's so much less overhead so they can offer it for cheaper. And T-Mobile also likes this because they can make a lot more revenue on these towers because the towers are pretty fixed cost. So what if I was like a Mint Mobile type thing, but for anestheticians? And so the way I would imagine doing this is if I presented this pricing structure to people, I feel like immediately everyone would want to do this because they would make so much more money. I think the way that I am calculating this is they would probably make between 40 and 60% more by me capping the amount of profit and also kind of being transparent also provides a lot of goodwill. But the idea here is that because so many people would want to do this, I can then just pick the cream of the crop. So the very best people that offer all these services make a lot more money, work for me, that'd be great. And, you know, I'm making some profit, I'm not making a ton of profit, but I think where this goes is I would end up with the coolest roster of super talented people. And I think that is really interesting. But the way this works is if the people I'm hiring or the people that I'm partnering with can bring their own clientele. So that's kind of the key assumption that I need to figure out because for me to actually be able to return a lot of money to the service providers, I need to make sure that I don't need to spend any money on marketing. I need to make sure that it is a pretty guaranteed process that if I bring on someone, they're going to be at least 70 to 80% booked. So yeah, that's an idea that I've been thinking about. And this is kind of an offshoot of my ticketing idea where I feel like the type of business that I've been really attracted to the last couple of years is a business that basically says this industry is taking way too much money from the people providing the services. So whether it's the ticketing companies that are taking money from artists whether it's these skin spirit type companies that are taking money from the anestheticians. I really don't like the idea that super talented people are kind of getting fucked because they don't have the experience, knowledge, confidence, money to operate their own business. And so this feels like a pretty good middle ground. I need to validate this more. I think the outstanding things that I need to validate are if I set up this, who are the first five or 10 professionals that I would bring over and how likely is it that they'd be able to bring their clients? I don't know what kind of non-competes there are, but that would be a pretty big question. But yeah, I think that's kind of the main thing. I really think this could work. And I love the idea of putting out of business all of these people that are overcharging because they're overcharging the customer, they're underpaying the service provider. So yeah, if anyone has any ideas for me on this, that would be great. Hit me up. But I think there's something here. I guess I'm just trying to think, like, why hasn't someone done this before? It's not like the very best of this thing is you have to pay 300 grand a year for. It's like 
the very best people that deliver facials are maybe like 120 grand a year, 140 grand a year salary. And they're still can charge like two or three hundred dollars a facial. So it's like the pricing power is there. People are willing to pay for this service. It's like, why doesn't every talented anesthetician just do it themselves? That's the other thing I need to figure out. Because maybe it's like the psychology of these people lend themselves to not wanting to do something on their own or not wanting to deal with the overhead. But maybe I could do the overhead. We shall see. So what is coming down the pike for me? So the next two months, I think, is going to be pretty packed. Luckily, my Kratom deal got signed, so I'm not negotiating that anymore. I'm actually going to be spending next week in Las Vegas, Nevada. There is this conference called Champs, which is the largest smoke shop conference. And so I am going to be there hobnobbing with all the big smoke shop distributors, saying hi, kissing babies, shaking hands. The idea here is that we don't want people to know who the founders of our company are because we don't want them to be targeted. This is kind of a shady industry. And so we've actually already kind of gotten some commentary from our biggest competitor. The number one player in the space has heard of us. And they basically said to someone, if these guys, if these new people are trying to take bread out of our mouths, like we're not going to let that happen. So we might have some problems. And so we think it's pretty important that none of the founders are identifiable so that we can continue to make stuff in peace. And so I'm going to be a sales rep at the booth. So I'm going to be talking to people, explaining the product, taking orders, but also I'm going to kind of be taking notes of who are the people that are trying to mine for info? Who are the people that are coming up being like, hey, do you know where these guys live? Like, where are they based out of? What's the deal there? So I'm going to be kind of a mole and spying, but yeah, I'm going to be basically working a booth for a week, which probably not how I want to spend my time, but I get to hang out with the guys. I get to hang out in Vegas. It'll be fun. I think it's also like a pretty important thing to kind of get a sense of who's trying to come after us. And I probably trust myself more than the rest of the team to be able to identify that. So that will be a pretty big focus coming up. You may wonder to yourself, if there's some danger here and the founders don't want to be identified, why are you okay being identified? It's a great question. Number one, I'm reckless. Number two, it sounds kind of fun. The danger kind of is attractive. And number three, my thinking is that because I'm kind of being pitched as just like a booth boy, I don't really have a lot of power. I'm just kind of some rando they hired to pitch the product. I don't think anyone will really take note of my name. But I will be having a fake name. So I have a fake name tag. For those of you wondering, whoa, what's your fake name? My fake name for this conference is Joe Vincent. So I am Joe Vincent, the Kratom sales rep. And you may wonder, you know, why Joe Vincent? What's the deal there? Well, my dad's name is Joseph Vincent Daly. And I'm taking his name because I was thinking about what kind of name I want. And I remembered my conversation with my dad on the pod where he was talking about how he would get dropped off and he would sell shoes. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm getting dropped off in Vegas and I'm going to sell some shoes, except for these shoes could help solve the opioid epidemic. So yeah, you're looking at Joe Vincent, Kratom sales rep. Also, another update, I'm going to be spending March in Mexico City. I am so excited. The more research I do, the closer it gets, the more I'm like, dude, this is going to be the sickest trip. I got some connections down there, so it'll be a pretty soft landing. Found some pretty cool areas to live. 
I'm also going to have an extra bedroom in my unit. So if anybody listening has always wanted to go to Mexico City and wants to hang out with me, you are welcome to stay with me. Spots are filling up fast. Got some people that are already interested in coming down. So if you would like to come visit me in Mexico City, hit me up. Let me know. Let's make it happen. But yeah, I think I'll just be working down there. I actually invested in a bunch of Latin American companies, most of which are headquartered in Mexico City. So I probably have five or six founders there that I'll be spending time with. And yeah, it's going to be pretty great. So yeah, this is a shorter life update. Hope you're all doing something for the Super Bowl. At this point, it's already over. So hopefully they won. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to go watch the Super Bowl. Hope you all have a good day. I will see you later. Thank you.